It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's a Ferg Friday. Weekend is almost here. Game day is almost here as the Auburn Tigers take on Ole Miss. This will obviously be our last show uh, until that game, we'll break it all down for you with Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer in just a moment. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. If you listen to the show consistently and all you know, we love Fetch Me. Their service is great, but also how involved they are in the community. Uh, you know, you can use Grubhub or Uber Eats, you know, all of these, you know, national chains, but there's only one place in Lee County from a meal delivery service standpoint that actually cares about the community and is investing in it. And they are very involved with the Beat Bama food drive, obviously with a large part of their business being taking food to people. They want to make sure they, uh, they, they are able to bring food to the people that need it most. And so that's, uh, that's why I love Fetch Me Home Delivery. The, the folks over there, Ken and Harrison and their team, they do such a good job of investing and giving back. So whenever you order through FetchMeDelivery.com or their brand new uh, wonderful app, just search Fetch Me in your phone's app store. It should pop right on up. Uh, after you place the order, uh, you can you can go to the uh, the Beat Bama e-store and, and donate there. And at the end of all of this, of course, all these donations go to the, uh, the Food Bank of East Alabama. But at the end of this Beat Bama food drive campaign, they're going to match whatever you guys give. And I think that is awesome. So highly encourage you to support our friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. You can also use promo code ZAC20 for your first delivery free. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer now joining us. Justin, how's it going, bud? I'm doing great. A little tired, but doing great. It's been a long week. Yeah, it's a Ferg Friday, though, so we all can uh, relax and have fun for a few minutes, so yes, that's sir. okay. Yes, that's sir. all right. Loved the basketball story about Jamal earlier this week. Yeah, I, I, I felt like, especially after Auburn losing to South Carolina, I need to give some things out that might not be quite as depressing to to Auburn fans so a little bit more basketball coming up in the days ahead yeah I mean he's got some buzz he's got some buzz around him I'm skeptical that he's going to start at that two spot but it'd be a really good sign for Auburn if he had emerged to the point where he could start Uh, yeah I will say that just the fact that he has more experience than anybody else on the team at at the D1 level um and Bruce Pearl said he's the most improved player on the team so far this offseason and that's a that's a really, really good sign, I think. To be fair, though, to be a most improved, you have to be coming back, and there's not a lot that, of guys coming. That is, back. that is true. That is true. Um, not, a, not a whole lot. It's going to be a very young, young team. Um, so I think the big thing there with Auburn fans is be patient. Be really patient with this team because they're. I think they're going to be really fun in time. But be patient, um, especially when you have to play Gonzaga and Baylor uh, in, yeah, in the non-conference play. Yeah. 
What do you expect the balance of stories as far as over at the Auburn Observer to be between football and basketball? Yeah, I think as long as football season is going on, that'll continue to be the the priority. Of course, sure. Um, but as basketball as we get closer into basketball season, um, you know, hopefully trying to do something around kind of fifty fifty uh, with the split, and I think that all depends on how football goes the rest of the way and how basketball yeah. gets gets off to to their start. But yeah, we'll probably in the in the preseason we'll probably have, try to have at least one a week until we get closer to games so football not going super well so far this year now obviously Ole Miss uh, Michael and I we talked about it yesterday on Locked on Auburn it's the perfect get right game when you look at what their defense looks like Mm -hmm. Michael's more optimistic about tomorrow's matchup than I am where are you sitting on this I mean this this offense it's been so up and down um, going up against I mean, I think you can make the case the worst defense in the SEC, maybe even the worst defense in the country. I mean, it's 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 down there. It, it's really bad, and 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 I think the the big thing for me for this game for Auburn is that Auburn needs more from its leaders on the offensive side of the ball, and I put that in two different ways. Number one, you need I think a a a game plan and just preparation, coaching, whatever you want to call it from Gus Malzahn, Chad Morris, their assistance on the offensive side of the ball to get Auburn in a spot where they got to be able to take advantage of this really bad defense. I thought last week against South Carolina, you're throwing the ball, you're dropping back way too much considering how well Tank Bigsby's been able to play this year. Yeah, Get a little bit more depth at, 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 um, at running back, stuff like that. Take advantage of that. And number two, you need more out of Bo Nix. Uh, he is a team captain. He is a he is a he is a leader. There was obvious frustration, obvious miscommunication, and his three picks were the difference in the game against South Carolina. Um, Got to have more from him because right now he's putting up more passes this season in the Chad Morris offense, but his numbers have gone backwards. Ole Miss, Ole Miss really can't stop the run. Had a little bit more success uh, against against pass defense, but they're both pretty bad. Mm-hmm. So, like, you got to take advantage of that. Auburn's been talking about balance. I think everybody wants to say, "Oh, run the ball, run the ball," which is true. But in order to have the best chance to beat Ole Miss, is that you're going to have to have more out of Bo Nix in a road game, and we know his numbers in road games have not been good in his career. Right, Justin, I have maybe the most important question that's going to get asked. Oh boy, uh, is Snoop Connor, a better name than Tank Bixby? No, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard plenty of, I've heard plenty of Snoops uh, running around. Uh, Tank, I mean, that's just, it's very, it's very unique to have a, a have a football player named Tank. Now, Snoop Connor is a great name, and Snoop Connor has such a good name that I'm, I'm surprised he's not at Auburn. Um, but <laughs> uh, I'm still going with Tank. I mean, I, I think. It, the thing with Tank, though, that makes Tank Bigsby's name great is that he runs like a tank. Right. And it, it just fits if it's perfectly. Um, no disrespect to Mr. Connor, but sure, sure. there's a lot of snoops out there. There's not very many tanks. No, that's an important question. No doubt. Very important. No doubt. So as far as Bo Nix looking bad on the road, how much of that is mental at this point? How much of that is just, you know... I mean, there was a stint where he was playing tougher teams on the road, but, right? But now that it's it's kind of been okay. Well, you know, he he's played more than LSU and Florida on the road at this point. Mm-hmm. It it's got to be mental to some extent, right? Yeah, I, I think it is, and I think in this season right now, it's just straight up the fact that he's not playing well, no matter where he is. Yeah, week one against Kentucky, he played he played well. But then the Georgia game, it was a rough Ugh. game for Auburn. Even against Arkansas, there was the the numbers weren't great. He didn't stretch the field right. a, a ton in that game. And then in South Carolina, look, 
I you can't throw it on. Okay, it's a it's a tough atmosphere. There was hardly anybody in that game in Columbia. It's nowhere near the the type of road environment you normally get in the yeah, SEC. Right. Same thing's going to happen this week for Ole Miss. I think it's just at this point right now, there's just so much inconsistency, so much frustration. I think he's pressing too much. Yeah. Um, miscommunication, all that, all that stuff. It's it's just not good. It's mm-hmm. just not good, and it's um, it's been a little bit better at home. I think he might be a little bit more comfortable at home, but. Yeah, I think right now, since the Kentucky game early on in the year, it's just it just hasn't been it just hasn't been good pretty much wherever they're playing this year. When you look at his technique and his tendencies in the pocket, I mean, obviously, some people are saying he's running for his life. I look at a lot of his snaps, and I'm like, no, he's running just to run. Mm-hmm. The offensive line looked a lot better. I don't think the offensive line was the issue at South Carolina. No. Um, it looks like you're agreeing with me there, right? So. Malzahn talked about getting those same five guys back. They're they're solidifying as an offensive line. I don't think Ole Miss is going to be able to pressure Bo Nix a ton. What do you imagine the the conversations in the in the quarterback room is when Chad Morris and Gus Malzahn are talking to these quarterbacks, specifically Bo Nix, and showing them film? And it's like you they've got they've got to be talking about this, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think the thing with Nix is that you know the the talk from Malzahn when you ask him about what he's saying with Knicks it's like he, he keeps going back to the point where he's like he's just trying to make a play I think it's just that pressure he's forcing it he's he, he I think he's I personally think he's pressing too much and so he bails out a little too quickly he doesn't trust that offensive line and yeah there are times when that offensive line lets him down and there's sacks and there's reasons to tuck it and go um but there's sometimes where he runs himself into trouble and I think I think and this is where this Ole Miss game is is important for him because like you said zach don't really see this crew necessarily pressuring bo nix a ton and if that's the case trust your protection take advantage take advantage of what you're what you're going to get this has got to be kind of that bounce back game that get that get right game I, I i very much compare it to what auburn had in 2017 with Jarrett stidham you go and get annihilated at clemson well, and then you 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 scrape by against Mercer. Well, yeah. you got to go to Missouri, and then they play a really balanced game on offense. And and that was the first game where you saw Stidham really take it take that step forward. Knicks needs a game like that away from home. He desperately yeah. needs a game like that away from home. We'll continue our chat with Jay Ferg in just a moment, but. Built Go makes you the best at whatever you do. Break through that wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall, you can break through it. Every day with Built Go, they're easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put in your briefcase, your backpack, your pocket, your purse. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. I was skeptical about the consistency of it, but it's good. It's delicious. It's easy to consume. And uh, it's got all this good stuff in it. A lot of vitamins, B6, B12, beta alanine, B3 honey. It's got a little bit of caffeine in there. Collagen proteins, so it's fast and absorbing. It's good for your gut health. Um, highly recommend Built Go. Go to BuiltGo.com, use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. And also, we love watching college football on Saturdays. And, you know, with with most people's weeks being go, 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 busy, 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 nonstop all the time, Saturday's your day to chill, and why not enjoy that time with the beer that's made to chill? Coors Light, no matter what sport you're watching, is the beer that is made to chill. Obviously, football is very therapeutic to fans, 
And Coors Light's the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink. Uh, yeah, you just got to drink it. Just got to drink it. So Mountain Cold Refreshment, made to chill. It's uh, as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at GetCoorsLight.com. Excuse me, Get.CoorsLight.com. That is Get.CoorsLight.com. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Justin, you uh, you retweeted some stuff from SEC StatCat yesterday. Mm-hmm. Or I guess on Wednesday. Um, uh, we talked, Zach and I talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show. Um, it says the SEC players with the most tight window slash contested targets entering week five. Seth Williams is number one with 23. Um, the guy in second only has 14. Do you think that that is Bo forcing it? Or do you think that it's a little more of, of Seth uh, struggling to get open and then Bo forcing it? I think it's a little bit of Seth Williams struggling to get open, but I think it's more of the forcing it. Uh, you go back to that South Carolina game, there was a stretch where Auburn threw the ball, I think it was like six or seven times in, you know, on, on third downs, and four of them went to Seth Williams. Towards the end of the game, you, you saw – Bo get a little, you know, gun shy a little bit. It would be great to have all 22, you know, film of these games and kind of look at it. But even on the broadcast copy, you can kind of see some opportunities where guys like Eli Stover getting open late. John Samuel Shanker, I don't know what it's going to take for him to get a, get a ball thrown in, in his direction because he's out there a ton and he is getting open. And yeah. He's not Travis Kelsey, you know, getting open on every play, but he is getting open. I just think – it's part of that pressing. It's part of that panic. It's part of that. Okay, I got to make a play. Who's the guy who's going to make the play? Um, and you just kind of it's kind of default mode throwing it throwing it to to Seth Williams. Now Schwartz got a little bit more of it in this last game. Stove being back helps out a, a good bit as well. But I think I think it's a combination of the fact that um, Bo defaults to that a lot, and on top of that. Uh, Seth Williams is getting guarded by some really good cornerbacks like J.C. Horn and and that, man, you know, he was good. He's real good. He's real good. And like, there's it's only going to get tougher from here. Not at Ole Miss specifically, but like Seth's going to get the number one. Like teams are going to shadow him. Teams are going to get give their number one cor- uh, cover guys. Uh, you know, trying to trying to throw off that that rhythm between those two guys because it's clear on film that it's possible that you can do that. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's just I think it's more kind of just pressing and, and, and trying to make a play and just defaulting to what you know the best. Okay, I have two follow up questions. Number one, do you think that's from the coaching staff? Like they're like there are plays where they're just like get set the ball. I I don't think so necessarily. I think you know there's been some cha- some challenges in the past of like oh there's only one or two guys you know who can at least get open or the play designs or something like that. You know, with with Malzahn, I think more and more as a system, there are guys out there running routes and, and and having a shot to get open. I think it's just Bo. I think it's just, I personally think that it looks like just Bo just defaults to that, and it's it, it's more pressure on him. Um, and but I will say this though, Michael, I think that Auburn can do a better job of drawing things up to get more guys involved. We saw Xavier Capers get a little bit more in the mix against South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Got to use those tight ends. Finally, got to use you know. I think you got to use the running backs more in the passing game. Um, so a little bit of both, but I, th- I would put it more on Bo in my opinion. The running back rotation. 
I think I think there's kind of a feeling Sean Shivers will be involved in the game plan tomorrow. Is that kind of the the vibe you're getting? Yeah, I mean that that's the way you know Gus made it sound like he made the trip to South Carolina. It sounded like it was just going to be one of those you know emergency only situations for him. Um, we'll see we'll see if he's ready to go this week. I think there's a danger in you know people are saying like you know don't you don't want to overload Tank, especially with Auburn's history at the position and the fact that he is a freshman. Um, my argument there is is that yeah, Sean Shiver should help in that capacity. But like, if you were worried about overloading a guy against South Carolina, why did DJ Williams only get four or five carries? Mm-hmm. And DJ Williams is averaging over five yards a touch this year. Like he's he has stepped up his game running the ball. He's a really good pass protector. He's a weapon in that, that area as well. So I think Shivers being back is a little more continuity and some consistency that'll help. But like I think you could also work Williams a little bit more. Um, knowing that he's not Tank Bigsby, but he's also he's broken off a couple of really good runs this season. Yeah. DJ is not just a good pass blocker. He's the highest graded pass blocker in the country. I, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, he was out there a bajillion times against against uh South Carolina. Like he was he ended up out touching or out snapping, I guess, uh, uh Tank Bigsby in that game just because they had him out on the field so often. And uh, he's another one of those guys. You saw that that first drive of the game, they run that little wheel route to him on third down. He can get open. He he's got decent hands as well. So I think take take a little bit more advantage in the in the pass game. And this is the game to kind of do that with because I don't really see Ole Miss just being like, oh, and we're really good at covering running backs. We're not good at anything else, but we're really good at covering running backs in, out of the passing game. I don't think anybody's good at covering running backs, uh, as Alabama showed last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so my second follow-up question about Bo Nix was that we've heard quite a few NFL quarterbacks, um, I think most notably this season it was Josh Allen, who've said that they've had to have kind of the mindset switch of like, on every play, you're not going for a touchdown. You're going for a first down or five yards or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that that is something that, that Nick struggles with? I, I mean, just like trying to score a touchdown on every play instead of just trying to like have a positive play for the team? Yeah, I think there's a little bit of that to it. Like I said earlier, he presses a lot. It seems like he forces some things. I mean, two of those interceptions against South Carolina, it's like probably can throw that away or, you know, just live live the fight another down. He did a little bit better job doing that late. But then it's stuff like, you know, trying to scramble and jump over dudes and stuff like that. It shows fight. It shows heart. It shows that you want to win, and those are all really good things. But practically, I think you can also you can also run into the real problems uh, doing that as well. And yeah, I think it's just general inconsistency consistency on the offense, which is just really cranking up the pressure on him. Where he feels like he has to step up and perform. He knows his numbers aren't good. He knows he's taking a step back in some areas. Um, he knows he's got to play better, and I think that that leads to it as well. The problem is, is that you know what we've seen out of Nick's. Like if you look at his home road splits, if you look at his home splits, like. That quarterback, not going to win the Heisman, but that, that quarterback can win you some games, especially with a really good running game next to it. Taking care of the football, um, completing completing a better amount of your percentages. You hate to throw off on game manager because Bo Nix is not a game manager, but I feel like he could do a better job of managing the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going into this, uh, this Ole Miss game, a big problem for Auburn this year has been penalties. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you wrote – a really nice thing in the observer kind of breaking down when the penalties happen or happened and um, why they were so 
detrimental. Yeah. Um, Gus has has been asked about it, and he said that it's coaching. Mm-hmm. It's a coaching problem. Um, is that true? I think. Like, I, th- I it's think not it is. Like, they're not getting like stupid personal foul penalties. Like right. they're just they're like mental errors on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 when you have the mental errors like that and the execution errors like that, coaches will a lot of times point that to themselves and say, "Well, we didn't get them in the right position. We haven't prepared them well enough." Yeah, the players have to actually make the plays. But I think when you look at kind of some of the penalties they've been, they've made, it's I think on the offensive end, it's more kind of coaching and execution. Defensively, I think it's a lot more just. Maybe offsides, you just got to have better self-control there. Some of those pass interference calls against South Carolina were like, come on, man, what are y'all even looking at? That ball, like, there's no way that guy could catch mm-hmm. that ball. Um, so I think it's a little bit more unlucky on the defensive end. Offensively, though, it's just the general lack of consistency from this offense. It's the, you know, two steps forward, three steps back kind of thing that we've gotten from Auburn's offense. And so, yeah, it does come down to coaching. The players have to make play. Like, Bo Nix has to play better. Seth Williams has to play better. The offensive line's got to play better. Everybody's got to play better, but – a lot of that comes down to the guys who are getting paid millions of dollars to get them in that position. So I think that I think that's where I would tend to agree with Malzahn on that side. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Justin, before we jump into uh, more of Auburn Ole Miss, uh, if you would kind of tell us what's going on at the Auburn Observer, how people can sign up, and what all they get when you do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, AuburnObserver.com is where you can check out all of my stuff. We do about four or five, uh, some some days, even some weeks, even six stories um, that cover Auburn football and Auburn basketball like we were talking about earlier in the show. We also have a premium podcast episode we do uh, once a week that comes out on Thursdays. Uh, Painter Sharpless and I preview the game. It's long it's, too. They're it's a lot, lot longer than these. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my thing about. Zach. Like, keep listening to Zach's podcast. Keep listening to Locked On because he's that. the only he's the only one who's going to give it to you every day. Him and him and Pappas. Um, but we we kind of do more of the longer conversations when we do those twice a week. One of them's free wherever you get podcasts. The other one is for subscribers to subscribe. Six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year can get you in there. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's through through Substack. The quick thing about Substack is is you don't have to wait for a link or you don't have to wait about wait for getting it tweeted. Whenever we post a story or a podcast, it gets sent right to your email inbox, and uh, you're able to read it from there. Yeah, and I was skeptical about that, and um, it's an adjustment. But once you make it, you you you'll love it. Yeah, yeah, I, I really liked it. It looks good on your phone. It looks good on your desktop. However, you want to you know access your email, it all looks good there. The the gifs and the videos mm-hmm. and the links and all that it, it works great. So yeah, AuburnObserver.com. What's the biggest thing that Auburn should be concerned about against Ole Miss? Is it is it stopping them offensively when Auburn's on defense, or is it kind of the pressure that Auburn's offense is going to be facing? It's like, all right, you better perform. Yeah, I, I think it's the offense because defensively, you don't expect Ole Miss to throw six interceptions again, right? Um, but they're going to move the ball and they're going to have some success on Auburn's defense. And Auburn's defense, I think I think Kevin Steele's going to have a really good plan. I think he's especially going to look at what Arkansas did and what Barry Odom did and try to put that into Slowed Weddle. him down, yeah. Yeah, it definitely slowed him down doing that way. I think he'll have a good plan in place. I think the defense will be able to play, play well. But, like, 
here's the, here's the here's the fact of the matter. You have such a lopsided matchup. It should be on defense. You have to be able to take advantage of that. And what we've seen from this Auburn offense this year through four weeks has not been good enough on the whole. Take advantage of that. Go on the road and get a win. If Auburn, I, I will be very surprised. I will be. Very, I'll say this. I'll be very surprised if Auburn loses this game and you point the finger at the defense because they gave up like sixty Got or it. fifty. And it's like, well, the offense did their job. It's hard for me to see that. It's hard for me to see that. So I think if Auburn wins this game on Saturday, it's going to be good because the offense steps up and takes advantage of these game of a game, a favorable matchup. We've seen it several times under Gus Malzahn. You got to do it this week. Otherwise. Uh, it's only going to get tougher from here, except for maybe Mississippi State. Yeah, it's only going to get it's only going to get harder from here. Sure, the whole road issue with Bo. I mean, I don't think we're going to know when that's going to end. But right, the answer to that is you run it more, right? And I you, think so. And you put more on on Tank in the running game, but Balance. is 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 Morris going to do that? I think so. I, I want, really. I will go back. I will go back to what. Gus said before the Arkansas game, he made this big thing in the press conferences about we got to run the ball, we got to get back to you know running the ball, we yeah. got to be balanced, and they did that. Mm-hmm. Now some people, and even me to an extent, will agree with this. Some of that is because oh, the rain was so heavy in the first half against against Arkansas, and they couldn't really throw the ball as well. That's why they ran it a ton. Okay. My argument there is that they were talking about running the ball even before they knew it was going to be raining that hard during that portion of the game. Yeah. Like we knew it was going to be rainy, but it was that that aspect. Malzahn's gotten back on that horse this week. He has said, "We got to run the ball. We got to we got to run the ball." And I think at this point, when when you have such a quarterback heavy strategy at South Carolina, it, it was a letdown for you. You have to just start looking at the numbers at this point and say, "Look." Tank Bixby's one of the best running backs in America. Your running game is one of the best in the SEC right now. Lean on it. I'm not saying you have to become 2013 and 2014 Auburn again, or even 2017 Auburn. But, like, they're talking about balance, and Malzahn said, okay, well, we got kind of out of whack in the second half. We had to throw the ball. They were throwing the ball a ton when the game was going good mm-hmm. against South Carolina. So I think the thing there is is it's going to be enough of an emphasis and man, Ole Miss is so bad at stopping the run. Even right. teams that don't run the ball well on well have been able to move the ball on the ground against them. And it's a lot less risky to turn and hand it to the guy next to you than put the ball in the air, especially at the at the point where Bo Nix is right now, where he just hasn't been consistent enough um, to take over a game. The thing I'm most concerned about is Christian Tut covering Elijah Moore. It's going to be an issue. Yeah. Just in terms of just, I mean, covering those guys, period. I mean, Auburn's secondary, they gave up some big plays to Arkansas. And Arkansas, as good as Felipe Franks has looked at times this season, um, they don't have the receivers and and he's not Matt Corral. And, mm-hmm. and, and the guy calling plays for him is not Lane Kiffin. So it's going to be a challenge. So. Well, the, the guy calling plays for him is Kendall Bryles, who might be not a good person, but he has shown he can coach a college football offense. He can, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take Lane. I'm gonna take Lane in that head-to-head matchup uh, more often than not. But yeah, that's a, it is a, it is a good point. And I think I think Michael, what you said there uh, makes a lot of sense because Arkansas did a good job of taking advantage of some areas where Auburn was weak weekend in that game. Um, Steel's gonna have a really good plan, but I think it's gonna come down to just executing for sure. And I if if Jalen Simpson is able to kind of play 100% in that game. I think that'll only help just because it'll be kind of all hands on deck from that secondary yeah. to slow down what those guys are going to want to want to throw at you. Yeah, and 
I think it's interesting that you go back to the Arkansas game instead of talking about the South Carolina game when when talking about the secondary because um, I, I kind of feel like against Arkansas, the wide receivers were, I guess, schemed open. Mm-hmm. And against South Carolina, Shai Smith just made some, made some stupid, really good ridiculous yeah. plays. He was dirty. Yep. Um, and they took and, advantage and, of some penalties for on Auburn's end. Yeah. Like when I mean, keep in mind, South Carolina only had one sustained drive against Auburn where they, you know, where they scored, and they, it, it wasn't a drive where they started on the Auburn side of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that drive, you can point out to, to breakdowns in in in, uh, in run defense was was the bigger issue there for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's just you got You got to play better um, and know that the guy you're going up against is going to scheme is going is going to scheme pretty well um because he's really good at that and uh outside of last week he's had a ton of success doing it this season sure all right so let's uh let's do our picks if you're cool with that guys Woo! the over under is like i think it reached 70 good gracious and i just yeah. i i don't know if i see that happening i don't either I don't either. What y'all got? Because I, I, I'm. I told you it was going to be a weird score last week. By the way, that was my. That was my. Uh, yeah, that was, you're right. That was my lockdown pick. I was like, it, it, something dumb's going to happen. And it's going to be a weird score at the end because these teams aren't normal. And lo and behold, the two point conversion will will make you do right. That. Yeah, yeah. As soon as they did that, I'm like, Justin's going to be right on that. Um, yep. I, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like 33 28 Ole Miss. Okay, that's that's kind of what I'm I'm going with there. So. I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about Auburn's offense. I just I think there's going to be too much pressure on like okay, this is the worst defense in college football. We've got to capitalize. Mm-hmm. If they come out and run the football, they win this thing. I just I'm not confident they're going to be able to do that for uh, for four quarters. That's it's just a, me. It's a fair it's a fair uh, worry to have. I think especially knowing you know Auburn hasn't fully committed to running the ball in a game this year, like you probably think they should. Yeah given how much success they've had it's at so it. odd it's so interesting because it's like the total opposite of what we've seen from auburn offenses under gus uh, since he's by since the way, he's been here by the way it is a clear and obvious sign i think that gus malzahn is not running this offense because yeah. if gus malzahn was running this offense they would be toting the rock a lot more you're I'll, right i'll just Nuh-uh. say that no dude have you seen their struggles in the red zone Nuh-uh. <laughs> Yeah, you mean no, all, dude, Gus calling plays. You mean the fact that Auburn led the SEC in touchdown percentage in red zone and red zone trips last season? Yeah, it's just no, it's just not working. <laughs> like, right? It, it looks different. It's just not working. Yeah. Now, like I said, if they run the football, right? Um, I I think they win this. They control the clock. It gives their defense time to breathe. A lot of good things happen when you can run the football consistently. We all know this. We've all seen Auburn teams do this in the past. I. Uh, you don't have to prove to me. Auburn doesn't have to prove to me they can run the football. They have to prove to me that they will run the football consistently. So that's that's why that's my pick uh, for tomorrow. Michael, what are you thinking? Um, I think that that's hilarious because exactly one season ago, we were talking the opposite. Mm-hmm. We have to prove that they can throw the ball yeah. or will throw the ball. Look at what all these other teams are it's doing. Weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Inconsistency is um, bad, and it, and it, and it's been it's been around for a little while. Yeah. The um. <laughs> the the South Carolina game real fast uh when Auburn was driving at the end down eight points or whatever I was like they're gonna score and we're going to triple overtime and I was I, I thought so as well <laughs> I, I, I thought so as well I thought that's where this game was that that game was headed uh I think Auburn's offense is gonna get some stuff done 
I'll, I'll take Auburn to score 30 plus, and I don't think uh, Ole Miss is going to be able to to keep up. I'll I'll, I'll take uh, Auburn at let's go with like 35 to 14. Wow! Oh wow! Wow! That's a statement game. That is a statement. And if Auburn plays like that, you feel a lot better about the season moving forward, yeah, especially you do. especially on that side of the ball, um, on the defensive side of the ball for sure. If they held held them that much, I'll go with. Um, Man, it's gonna be this gonna be a weird another weird score again. Uh, give me uh, give me Auburn thirty seven, Ole Miss thirty one. Uh, I think Auburn's going to be able to force enough stops in terms of forcing turnovers. We know this Ole Miss uh, defense offense can be turnover prone. We know that in some games this year, Auburn's been able to step up and make some stops, and I think they're very um, they can create a little havoc. Ole Miss is gonna move the ball. All yeah. this is going to move the ball, but I think, uh, yeah, 37-31 is where Break I'm Break down how you get to 37 for me. Uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, Auburn uh, Auburn gets uh, two touchdowns with two two-point conversions, gets another one that they miss. <laughs> no. um, I think I, I, Ole Miss's defense is so bad, and I think if you run the ball, you're going to get a lot You're going to get a lot of success uh, right. doing that. And uh, and I think, uh, I think they'll end up, you know, the fact that they have the better defense – and they're the better team. I'll lean towards Auburn, but man, I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking in here next week about Ohio Auburn's two and three. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's gonna. I be, think I'm gonna close. It's a it's an interesting game, and like Gus said, I believe Ole Miss is better than that one and three record. Oh yeah. Um, especially offensively. So, um, very few teams have had to play Florida and Alabama this year, like right. those caliber yeah. of opponents. And Kentucky, man, Kentucky, Kentucky looks pretty good. Justin, give us a rundown of where people can find you and get your content and how to get it and all that one, uh, one more time. Yeah, Jay Ferguson AU on Twitter, AuburnObserver.com. Like we said, $6 a month or $60 a year. You can get all of our stories and podcasts emailed directly to your inbox. Um, so check it out. Pappas? Follow me on Twitter, at CouchPapTato. I'm on Twitter at Z Blackbeard. The show's on Twitter at Locked on Auburn. We're on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. And uh, also check out the Instagram page planet auburn we'll recap everything from this weekend on monday right here on locked on auburn it's the locked on podcast network your team every day this is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design the kind of experience you can only find in a lexus suv a feeling this empowering is invite only fortunately you're invited Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.